1: To start winning, Aaron Rodgers looking for Devante Adams, who's got it. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor,
0: touchdown. And it's
1: hot. touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined as always by my co host, Sean Siegel, the co Owner of Rotoviz, he's also the co-host of this show, the co-host of Stadium Bananas. He was also the co-drafter, co-manager of our uh, FFPC baseball team that came second in the, in the contest, along with Blair Andrews. And on today's show, Sean, we are being joined by the man who outdid us. I guess we'll say came one spot higher, is uh, the champion, uh, took home the top prize of one hundred thousand dollars. That is Connor O'Driscoll, and uh, Connor, it's been uh, it was a real fun run over the last couple of weeks, even. Before we got to the final stage, we had been, you know, talking a little bit about your team and how good it was going. And obviously it advanced to the finals and we were facing off against you. We talked about, you know, the dream scenario was a rotoviz one two. And obviously the dream scenario for me and Sean and Blair was that we were number one.
2: But, <laughs> yeah, uh... my dream scenario was one two with me ahead. And your dream scenario. Was one to it, you guys ahead.
1: Exactly, exactly. But it worked out in a really, really a successful season in terms of best ball again for Rotoviz. It was a really fun contest over at the FFPC. I will mention it at the start, because I don't want to forget to do it, but if you aren't already following Connor on Twitter, you can follow him at DricoOut, which is D R I C O O U T. Well worth the follow. And obviously, he can now brag that he has defeated us. Uh, you know, Sean. Uh, doing stealing bananas uh, when i was editing it earlier today sean did go to the the talladega nights uh, you know saying and that, that's something that i i often joke about i was joking about it with some people after it but sean put it out there that if you're not first you're basically you know second place as the first loser so there's only one first place in this and that was connor so welcome to the the road of his ot show connor and congratulations on the, the victory
2: thank you so much i've i've been a uh, a road of his subscriber for so long like i think I, i'm, I'm I almost ha, i have I, I forget the exact year but almost a decade uh i've been following you guys for so long so uh it really it really is a, such an honor to be uh to be on here and uh, definitely definitely a crazy scenario for me to be up against you guys in the final of the tournament and uh to, to come out ahead uh like just 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 an amazing experience
1: yeah, it was super. And uh, I was even talking to Connor yesterday when we were setting this up and we were talking about like not only was it a roto 1-2, but it's like there's two Irish guys <laughs> that are with Rotoviz that are, are in those two teams. So it's a, a really <laughs> unique, even more unique achievement with the, the Irish connections. But Sean, I know you talked about it in some of your articles over the last couple of weeks and we've talked about it on the show, but... This team was a, an absolute juggernaut uh, from the very beginning. And we've mentioned that it, it missed out on Dalvin Cook over the last two weeks, basically, with no product. Like, you know, he wasn't last in the starting weeks. Last, last three weeks.
2: Didn't use the score the last three weeks of the tournament.
1: And I, I know we were DMing back and forth, uh, Connor, but the last four weeks, I believe, in terms of what you put up with the, the scoring as well.
2: So, yeah, last four weeks, it was uh, 795 points. So more or less 200 points a week for four weeks straight. And I mean, that that, that feels amazing, but it's also, its a, in a, like obviously I'm so delighted to have won, eh, but it's a weird feeling too, because I'm telling myself, I don't think I can ever draft a team that good ever again.
3: Well, Connor, it was an absolutely amazing team. And, uh, you know, maybe the one silver line, well, there are multiple silver linings for us. I mean, the, the main thing was just to have Rotovis visco one, two, was so exciting to have you there. And you're one of our favorite people. It's It's a blast to have you, on the show today. I've been looking forward to this. Just very exciting. Um, the other silver lining, of course, is just that your team was better. I mean, Your team was absolutely unbelievable. You, you and I were talking a little bit yesterday. You have that near 200-point average, and that came without necessarily even a ton of contribution from the earliest drafted guys. Now, you got A.J. Brown back at a big moment. He put up huge points for you in Week 16. That got you off to a great start and made I think the rest of that weekend a little bit less stressful, which is always nice. Uh, but you have a start here with Dalvin Cook, A.J. Brown, uh, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown. Those three guys, during so much of the offseason, we have sort of discussed how that's one of the big advantages of drafting early, that you could actually get that trio of players. And in many cases, you could get you know Christian McCaffrey, who would be even better. Now, it didn't turn out that way since he was hurt, but – how good did you feel coming out of the draft with those three? And then, kind of, what are your thoughts on it that they actually were the players who carried you to the championship?
2: <laughs> yeah, it is funny. Yeah, like uh, we drafted we we drafted those three, and uh, we were at the one o three spot. So obviously, we're happy to get uh to get Dalvin at the one o three, and then I, I I actually can't remember the exact order now. I think it was AJ Brown in the second round. And then we're like, oh, these guys are gonna we're gonna get Justin Jefferson too, and uh, that's just anytime you can start a draft like that, it feels amazing. Cause I don't even think that that would be that common. So being able to start a draft in a unique way, a unique combination, and getting players that good, it was a great feeling, a uh, really really great feeling, uh, and it definitely made us feel confident for the rest of the draft. And uh, but yeah, look, like you said in the end in, in the finals and in week 17 we uh from those three players combined we only got 11.8 points now that 11.8 from uh justin jefferson was obviously absolutely uh crucial but it it, it, it i think you were saying this it's it, it it really goes to show hey it's not just the first three rounds literally every pick is crucial you really have to have a plan for each pick and, and, and how how it all fits in with the rest of your, your roster. And um was really was really, really pleased with the structure. I think y- y- you've been very, very kind with your words in describing all the uh, you all the, the, the correct points we hit. And so to see it all come together at the at the literally the exact moment that we needed it uh was uh, was really nice.
3: And you mentioned it all coming together and yet the one big thing that didn't work out for you in week 17 was not having Kirk cousins. We felt pretty, I mean, it was, it was hard for us to watch Baker Mayfield on the final night with the way that he played, but within the context of your situation where the Vikings really kind of destroy the value of both Dalvin cook and Justin Jefferson, I mean, Jefferson was absolutely huge this season. We had talked with, Ben, last night I was mentioning that he was a wide receiver. He he was a wide receiver three or worse, only 16% of the time. Obviously, one of those weeks was the last week. It looked like you had it locked up, right? I mean, it looked like you guys were definitely going to win. What were your feelings as you watched that Vikings game, and kind of that combined with the Dalvin or the Dante Adams game that pulled us back in a little bit? What was kind of going through your mind and, and your heart during that game?
2: If I'm being fully honest, and and this is probably a bit of a mea culpa, at about six or seven o'clock, so about, roughly speaking, just after Debo Samuels caught that, uh, he caught a touchdown pass to put us over uh, Musio. I was like, okay, this is like a 99% thing. I can relax now. I can feel comfortable. And then I I look again, and uh, you guys had Rashad Penny go nuts, uh, Noah Fant went nuts, and I was like, okay, I yeah, uh, I better I better reevaluate uh, how I feel about this. Because then you, you obviously you had uh, Devante Adams still to go and uh, Jarvis Landry on Monday night as well. and uh, so I went in I went into that game feeling pretty pretty tense and I'm watching the game and I'm like, okay, so I know Sean Mannion isn't the best, but he still has to throw a a lot of time to Justin Jefferson. So at the very least at the very least, hopefully, I can get some PPR points there. They said that uh, obviously the plan will be to uh, to rush a lot too, so that will go to Dalvin. The Green Bay uh, defense is—I is, guess that the talk was that hey, they're not too strong against the run. And um, but the, I guess the thing about that is uh, when that's all, they really have to stop. Like that goes out the window, and then um, Devante Adams—he just—he—he he, he had the—he had the one big catch on the first drive. Then he did it again. And I'm like, oh, please just start running the ball. Please start running the ball. And uh, so then, then he caught the touchdown. And in, in my head, I was like, okay, I, I, I don't think we're going to win this anymore. I think that's it. And uh, then halftime hit. They just, I guess, they, they went to the grand game. Um, even when they did throw it, they're thrown to other people. I think he only had two more catches. And uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously, he, he picked up some uh, garbage time points to bring him up and and then we got to use him in a score. And so it was a it was a, a very, very topsy turvy. And then uh and then you look at you look at the uh what, what you guys needed to win after that eleven and a half points from Jarvis Landry. I, I knew immediately hey that is literally the toss-up of all toss-ups. Like that's liter- literally if if you ask me sight unseen what's his 50-50 it would be that you look up any of the projections that was his median you look up uh the the, the box scores he, he he uh it was about his average and he hit it 50 percent of the time and he missed it 50 percent of the time Uh so just very very it went from like pure elation to complete crash i guess back to being uh, extremely nervous
1: yeah we we were on the opposite end obviously uh the whole way traded but there was a point through the day so like i had told my wife that we were in the final these were some of the outcomes that could happen and then like she came in a few times and she was saying how's it going and i was like oh there's one guy who we really love but he's like not on our team and he's having like scoring a lot and as, as i was telling her that he caught the third touchdown i was like well we're definitely not going to win now so on the opposite side kind of what was happening and then we also had the situation where you mentioned the debo samuel uh touchdown reception and i was talking to sean off air yesterday after we finished recording our show and i was saying like the whole way through the day i was kind of watching those five teams with debo so i was kind of like if debo doesn't score we're in a good place and then when that one went in, it felt like that was the the final dagger i guess for us but like you mentioned there was a couple of players who did hit at the exact same time and all of a sudden we were in the race and even when it was going into the packers game I didn't feel like uh, first place would have been attainable at that point because, like you said, you would still expect with, you know, the opportunities would come the way of Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook that they would get into your lineup and put up some points. And it felt like second place was probably where we were heading. But when it got to halftime, um, it was really within, you know, touching distance almost. And I, I did message uh, you after that, you know, when the game finished and Justin Jefferson caught that, you know, pass after the Vikings had swapped quarterbacks, and it felt like that was like the difference because you mentioned the 50-50 element of what Landry could do. That brought it from I think maybe nine point seven points to the 11.4 And that mightn't seem like a lot, but it was like even it could have been, if, if he hadn't caught that, imagine how close this game would have come down to when it, it finished two and a half Oh points. yeah. You guys would like, have
2: been on the edge that entire time.
1: It would have been uh point seven roughly so very very close and Uh, I was messaging uh, Curtis Patrick at halftime of the game um, because he had Adams and his best ball tournament he was involved in as well so we were kind of talking we were like they're going to they're going to start rushing the ball here like they don't need to risk it and kind of that is what happened and um, yeah but felt like we were nowhere near it Sean we got a dramatic surge and then uh, it was very very close and went all the way down to Monday Night Football which may have been one of the worst quarterback uh, duo performances in, in Monday Night Football history because it yeah. was was pretty bad.
2: You guys can laugh about it, but <laughs> so It's that's a tough. I guess I can laugh about it now, but uh, yeah, I was uh, I was not happy.
0: Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the twelve month subscription in your cart, and use promo code. RV Radio 2-1. That's RV Radio 2-1. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
1: I would imagine uh, the stress levels were our stress levels were high Sean but I can only imagine from kind of being in that comfort position of like it's it's right there for us and then it starts to feel like sand going through your hands it's it's slipping away we we can laugh about it now too obviously because you know <laughs> it's done there's not much point in right sound of it. but Ben did talk on Stealing Bananas about about Sean's perspective and the, the positivity and I think uh, that has helped me kind of ease the pain as well but I really enjoyed listening to, to Stealing Bananas uh, on, on Wednesday where Sean was kind of trying to add some pain to Ben's
3: day to to balance out our our sorrows <laughs> that's not really true but it was, <laughs> <laughs> ah, man it was I, I was looking at kind of something else Earlier today, as I was getting ready for the show, and noticed uh, I was in the expected points portion of the Rotoviz Weekly Explorer, and saw Jarvis Landry there at seventeen point seven, and uh, you know, approximately eight points under that in terms of negative FPOE, and it just it, it reinforces again those ten targets. Baker Mayfield obviously not delivering them very well. Once we got to the point where it's just maybe one catch. And you're like, it's one catch for a lot of receivers. It's probably two catches for Jarvis Landry. But then, you know, once they get down there by the goal line, it's like, well, any catch in the end zone is obviously going to work. And so that part was, it was definitely edge of your seat excitement all the way, at least for us. Again, uh, it just makes it so much easier because you won, Connor. We were just so excited for you. Take us through a little bit of the rest of that draft, right? So we had the first three picks. They were very good, but they actually didn't contribute a lot for you on some of these final weeks. But, I mean, for anybody who hasn't seen this, I mean, this is a team with Debo Samuel. It's a team with, obviously, Jamar Chase. It's a team with Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews, because 11 of the 12 teams in the finals had him, wasn't necessarily the difference maker on the final week. But he was a huge part of getting there for most of the teams. Now, you scored so many points that it was maybe not quite as big a deal for you. But, again, having that elite tight end so valuable in best ball, you had Jalen Hurts. He was huge for the regular season. You had Joe Burrow. Obviously, having that Burrow-Chase pairing was gigantic for the last, you know, for the championship week. Obviously, very good at some points during the season. What were your objectives as you were going through these middle rounds? We talked on the site in a number of places about how this draft really was the perfect example. If you wanted to draft a team that hit, like, everything that we know from Mike Beer's Best Ball Tools, from the Best Ball Workshop, all of these things, I mean, this was just a perfect it was a perfect team. I mean, you guys had this unbelievable draft. Is that how it felt as you were going through it? What were you trying to do as you built this team?
2: Yeah, it did. It, it did really feel uh, with every pick, uh, me and uh, my co manager uh, Joey Zanetti, with every pick, it was like, oh, are we are we really going to be able to hit like this as this this cleanly? So obviously, um, uh, you guys have talked a lot about the, the need for volume at wide receiver. So we're obviously quite pleased to get uh, to start with AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, but like you, like you guys, always would say, if zero, if right, well, this isn't really zero B or it wasn't at the draft. It, it it ended up being in the playoffs, but it wasn't at the time of the draft. If you uh, if if it's not working for you, it's because you're not drafting enough. So we really, really wanted to uh, to hit on a, on a high number of wide receivers that had the upside that we were looking for. I believe, I, I and I guess the other thing as well is that one of one of the things that I tried really really hard at in all my teams this uh this offseason was uh to get the elite tight end, for me really, Mark Andrews he was the he was the real cut off point for me, and uh, because he was somebody where like okay like clearly the uh, the talent level is there, uh, clearly the the uh, the target share is there, there's there's some questions about the volume but in the fifth round I'm, I'm 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 willing to go for that upside because i think that the uh the level of confidence about what their run pass split and the amount of and the total available pass volume i thought that that was a little bit overconfident and uh, so he was one of my biggest tight tight ends that i was targeting but obviously we uh we wanted to, to take uh, pit stops along the way uh I think uh we had uh we had Mostert. Uh I forget which round he was in. and uh, we were but we were we were pleased to get him where we got him. But once we got him, we were like, okay, well, most of the uh the really, really strong slam dunk quarterbacks are gone. And we were okay we were okay with that. Uh but we ne- we need guys with upside. Jalen Hurts, he was a guy where the upside case was was just so obvious. He rushes a lot. He's a young talent, and I guess the uh, the reason not to take him uh, was was seemingly so obvious. He, he people weren't sure whether he necessarily had the full time job, or sorry, not the full time job. Whether he would have it for the full year, but I thought that in a in a tournament that's as top heavy as this, that almost didn't matter, because that case is is is, is it it doesn't impact the uh, expected value of the team. It's like will will this help us win the hundred thousand dollars? And then on top of that, we had Joe Burrow, and I think I think it was also around the time where uh, where people were questioning, "Hey, uh, is Joe Burrow okay?" Because they were saying he was kind of turtling in training camp, and uh, he wasn't as gre- aggressive. But it it was just a, a situation where we didn't we didn't want to incorporate. Uh, overconfidence as to how things would go and we just wanted to take the talent at the price and uh i guess the last point uh and this is kind of funny uh i had on my list hey i need to draft sony michelle in the 18th because there's a window here and, and it was because you because of the the podcast that you had done on um on chip chasing where you said hey this is a guy where it looks like he might get traded and if you're getting that in the eighteenth, um, he's barely getting drafted. So that means that if it does hit, you're differentiating yourself so much. And and you've obviously got you've got the clear upside there because he is he is talented. He was a first round pick for, for, for a reason. And so it's it's I guess it, it's funny how that worked out. It kind of looked like a yeah, okay, we, we took the bet there, didn't really work out, and then all of a sudden he becomes this monster for us, and uh, so that I guess that that's the best I can kind of summarize the whole thing. It was probably a bit winding, but. Uh, what it,
1: what it sounds like there is Sean that uh, we cost ourselves the first place by by that Sony I
3: mean, advice. I just have to keep that keep that to myself. No, that's really cool. I'm um, it, it's awesome that it worked out that way. I think that your logic behind taking him because a lot of people aren't and he's not going to be on many teams. That in addition to just what he scored. I mean, what he scored for you. Was awesome for people who don't know. You mentioned how it turned into as your running back team. You ended up having Michelle and Devin Singletary actually score a lot of points for you at the
2: running back position in the last couple of weeks. Well, we—they're the only scores that we used week fourteen, week fifteen through seventeen. Dalvin Cook didn't—he didn't—he didn't didn't, like. I guess there's there are people saying uh, yeah. So that that's pretty much. uh, It turned into because we we, he didn't play week sixteen. And we we're obviously we we're obviously disappointed when he went down, and um, but uh, I was saying to Joey at the time, hey, we didn't even use the score last week, and we scored good points. Let's just hope for the same. <laughs> and and that was actually that the week he was he he wasn't even able to play. He ended up being our highest uh, scoring week, which is kind of funny. And I when I put out the
3: the zero RB watch earlier in the week, noted how those two guys just I mean they were the fantasy playoff. MVPs. I mean, those guys, along with Rashad Penny, who was the driver for our team, you know, really came through there. Another thing in terms of putting your team together with Chase and with Burrow, you also had Tyler Boyd, and he scores a touchdown in Week 17 that makes the difference. When that happened, you know, I was watching with family. I was like, that. I mean, that he's on several of the teams that plays against us. But Connor's team is going to score so many points that's not going to be the difference. Uh, he, he's just got too many weapons that that won't even factor into his lineup. But then. That touchdown was the key.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that did make a big difference. And I felt the same way. Hey, it's nice to have that floor at that flex spot. That feels good, especially with the, the amount of points we're getting from uh, Chase. Uh, and like you said, we still had A.J. Brown in play that stage. We still had Debo Samuels to go, who d- who did help. We still had Justin Jefferson to go. And I guess one of the things that, that did make the team uh, as strong as it was, uh, aside from those guys... We also had Gabriel Davis, who uh, I think halfway through the second quarter, he uh, he had four catches for thirty something yards. And I was like, okay, he's heavily involved. He's going to score. He could score a touchdown. They're throwing a lot. And then Josh Palmer, who uh, who has worked himself into, uh, I guess, in, in into the target distribution there. But yeah, I I I felt the same way that like, hey, even if these top heavy guys don't get there. There's all. It feels good having the, these guys who were later in the draft, and they could help us too. But they they didn't.
1: <laughs> Luckily though, at the at the end, you you didn't need need all those guys. One other key you mentioned there's so, the way in terms of the draft. Some of the guys that it might have felt like you were getting you know guys maybe sliding a little bit further than they should. That's another pretty cool thing about the format of this contest uh, and a lot of the best ball contests. Is you're drafting in those twelve team leagues so depending on how the other players in the room are set up it can kind of change some of the the ADP slightly Um, you also mentioned about there was a number of times this off season where certain news helped players slide so we actually were the beneficiaries of Jonathan Taylor at the 12th spot in our draft and obviously things did move around from early in the season to late in the season similarly like you mentioned with Burrow, and I'm not sure when you were drafting this team but it may have been like chase obviously had the, the issues in the preseason and he was sliding down draft boards so there was lots of little changes like that that changed adp but a number of the leagues and we did a show a couple of weeks back where uh, we talked about would we change anything it was actually i think maybe the show with mike leone last week but we talked about we probably wouldn't change anything in our overall structure on the draft and that was because we picked at spot 12 and any of the players we would looked to take would have been going in that kind of early part of the, the you know the next round, so we were going to have to go quite a bit ahead of of ADP on those players. So it's interesting. Then when you're drafting from the tree spot, maybe some of that stuff did work into your team to to help get those superstars. Maybe three or four slots later than you would have. I know me and Sean looking through our roster, there were certain points where. We maybe were two spots too late to get those guys, but we were drafting at the the back end of the, the round.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh I think one uh I know uh and uh, there's been lots of stuff on the site about when 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 you should do the timing of your draft, uh, and I think that one interesting way to look at it is in terms of like the information flow. Like at the start at the start of the uh, the offseason, you basically have no information flow. And so you've got really nothing to analyse. You've just got all of these total uncertain situations and you want to try and think about, hey, how, how do I how how do I draft teams that can best take advantage of that? And then later in the uh later in the off season, I think that it's like there's just this complete overload and it, it becomes very, very difficult to track everything. And then it also becomes much more difficult to like objectively analyse things. Because it's all kind of like, it's coming so tick and fast that I think you get more kind of quick, instinctive reactions to it, such as like the Deshaun Watson trade rumors to the Eagles. I think if you were to like look at that, like fully objectively, I think most people would say that's, that shouldn't really impact it, but there was just so much. And I think that that helps a lot. That that, that sort of thing helps a lot later in the uh, draft season, where it's kind of like in the middle you kind of like you get this kind of steady trickle and so each individual piece is just that much easier to uh to analyze like for example when um cam acres went down the uh the kind of like draft community had so long to to kind of like think through that that it was much it was going to be much easier to come to some kind of like most optimal most logical conclusion where it gets a lot harder when there's like 10 things like that happen at once
3: you obviously put together this fantastic team. You know, we talked about what we would do differently or not. Your team here, you mentioned Mostert. He was in a situation where there was an injury, but overall your team stayed fairly healthy. Obviously, you don't know when you pick that he's going to get hurt. Uh, that, that was an excellent selection. If he hadn't have gotten hurt, he would have played very well. This was the perfect team. You come through, you win. Uh is there anything you feel like you learned from all of this? If you're going to try now and win again, and I assume you'll try to defend—I mean, obviously it's going to be tough—but you're going to try and defend your title. What advice would you give to drafters in in order to be so good in 2022?
2: I think the biggest thing for uh, for me, well, like I guess one strategy I just mentioned, but the biggest thing for me that I learned uh, from this whole kind of year and whole experience was that uh you need to be a a little bit uh, nihilistic about uh player picks and be more uh be more rigid about trying to hit the principles and 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 get the get the the, the pricing right and the structure right i think that that is that is probably the biggest thing and um, because if you look at the this team at any other than the final let's say final two weeks If you look at it at other individual points in time, you might say, oh, hey, these were terrible picks. Like for most of the season, uh, AJ Brown was a a, uh, terrible, well, given the results, was a terrible pick. You could say the same for a lot of the season with Dalvin Cook. You could say the same for a lot of the season with uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, A lot of these players were at some points, they weren't that good, but because uh because we got the structure right and obviously we were lucky we were quite lucky uh, with how things turned out uh, but because of the structure we were able to carry through those rough periods we were able to carry through points in time when uh, top draft picks guys that we felt really confident in weren't performing that well so the, I, I think the biggest thing is that structure and then i think and and another thing that uh, that we did um, that I don't think that I think was underused uh, in in this set of playoff year, and 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 probably won't be as much next year, is looking at game stacks within uh, within the playoffs. So one example of that. Uh, so I had another team uh, that uh, that unfortunately didn't didn't advance uh, past week fourteen, but it almost did, and it heavily game stacked and uh, the Cincinnati and San Francisco game, and because and one key thing that that uh, if if it weren't for uh James Conner uh, going monster at the end uh, it would have advanced and one reason for that would have been um that game went to overtime and uh, the San Francisco and Bengals game and that got us the extra points from Burrow extra points from Kittle and so having those different game stacks throughout week 14 15 whatever the playoff weeks are and uh, not just week set, not just the final week having that is a re, it's a really good way to build correlation in, and uh, without having to sacrifice too much in terms of ADP because you get you get the three weeks or the or the four weeks in this case, to uh to really build that correlation in so you're never having to reach too far.
1: It's going to be fun. Uh, me and Sean talked on Tuesday show and we've teased it a few times. Uh, you know. Zachary Kruger and we did a best ball show last year and we're, we're looking forward to diving into that probably pretty soon probably very early um, in the next uh, month or so and then Sean obviously over the best ball workshop up on the site and the tools I think uh, something like this it's amazing sometimes you want to have that break away from it and other times it just gives you that enthusiasm to jump straight back into so I'm sure you have that enthusiasm to, to dive right back into best ball drafting uh, once we have those opportunities but i'm very excited myself as well and very excited for you to come out and, and win the tournament itself i i did have a look on twitter earlier i did see sean's obviously not using his twitter account but uh connor has updated his his profile to say 2021 ffpc best ball tournament champion uh, and he also has uh, i don't know which one of the touchdowns it is particularly but uh the first one uh jamar chase is heading to the the end zone against the chiefs so uh, congratulations again connor and uh, as i mentioned at the start of the show you can follow connor on twitter at draco out which is d-r-i-c-o and then the word out as always as a loyal podcast listener you can get yourself a discount to a Rotoviz nfl pass you can head over to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for additional information the promo code currently is still Back in 2021 so it is rv radio 2021 we will be updating that code shortly we do have that bonus offer on so make sure you head on over and get access and get yourself set up for the 2022 season we will be back with another show on saturday that will be coming your way make sure you subscribe to the road of Viz overtime podcast feed and of course my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to my co-host is sean siegel check out all sean's work up at road And until we're back with another show have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Road to Biz Radio. Please rate and review the Road to Biz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at roadofizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Road to Biz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Road with Biz country a discount through the Road to Biz Radio homepage, roadofiz.com forward slash podcast.